This is One in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 59 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning. This is One in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning, I am speaking with two executives from a company called Specialist Sterna, which is, uh, my understanding, is a Danish company um, employing people with autism. But I'm going to leave my knowledge level there because I know there's a lot more to it and introduce you to Tara Cunningham, the CEO for Specialist Sterna. USA and Brendan Shear, who is the corporate engagement manager. Tara and Brennan, good morning and thanks for being on the show. Good morning and thank you. Uh, good morning and thank you. All right. So, Tara, I think we're going to start with you. Um, I wanted to start by if you could give a little background about yourself um, in terms of your, your professional career and your connection to getting involved with Specialist Sterna, and then give us a little history about the company itself. That'd be great. Okay. So they kind of mixed together. I lived in Ireland for 16 years. And while I was working there, the need for speech and language therapy for children with disabilities was enormous. So to make a long story short, I wound up inventing Ireland's first best practice in speech and language therapy. Our prime minister appointed me to the National Disability Authority, where I helped write government policy and law. And I was also the European Commission Irish uh, representative uh, for, and rapporteur for healthcare innovation. Um, during that time, I was also made an Ashoka Fellow, which is fellowship you get for creating systems changes. Hmm. And through the fellowship, I heard about this man named Torkel Sona, who was getting autistic people really good jobs. And uh, they asked Ashoka asked me to do a review and to see if this guy. I uh, could do what he said he could do. And within minutes, I realized he was onto something enormous. Mm -hmm. uh, he became an Ashoka Fellow, and I helped bring Specialist Sterna into Ireland. So Torkel Sona and I have been friends for over a decade. So it was very successful in Ireland. I didn't run it in Ireland. I had my speech therapy school, uh, but I used my networks to help him get situated over there. So in 2013... Uh, after Specialist Sterna had been successful all throughout Europe, uh, India, and Australia, Torkel decided the next frontier would be Arla uh, the United States. And so he came over in 2013 with his wife on the invitation of then Delaware Governor, Governor Markell, who uh, made it his chief purpose to get autism at work in uh, Delaware. Huh. And so... Torkel started the SAP program and the Microsoft Autism at Work programs. And that established us uh, very firmly in the United States. Harvard did a business case study on us, and we are known by the Harvard Business School as the gold standard of neurodiversity, which we're very proud of. Uh, what we work very specifically in is to look at an organization's culture, how they bring uh, people on board, how their recruitment works, and we fix their systems because effectively um, the way autism at work is happening is the very same as narrow doors before the American with Disability Act. 
doors were extremely narrow. Mm-hmm. And so if you were in a wheelchair, you couldn't get in the, into the room. Mm-hmm. And the way we recruit between algorithms uh, and uh, behavioral interview styles is effectively that narrow door, not allowing autistic people to get in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's our chief function. Uh, we do not hire autistic people in the United States. Uh, in Europe, they do because it's more socialized and it makes more sense over there. In America, we get companies ready to uh, employ and uh, and put in through the management stream autistic people. They become fully inclusive in the organization. So, um, And with research, it shows that groups that have autism at work programs, those teams are up to 170% more effective than teams that are just neurotypical. And that's not because the autistic person is superhuman, but instead it ensures that management has to communicate effectively. Teams have to become uh, empathetic. They need to take care of each other and they need to uh, work to a common goal based on each person's individualized, specialized skill. So if you put me on a finance job, I'll get it done. It'll take me three hours. But if you get somebody who knows what they're doing, they can do that work in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So the idea of the well-rounded employee gets thrown out, and everybody does what they do well because that's what autistic people do. <laughs> so um, was that fast enough for you? <laughs> that is, you know what, I, I mean, I have to break it down a little bit. I'm going to ask you some follow-up questions. But honestly, my first reaction is yay, and I am sort of want to be clapping my hands because what you just described about the uh, the reason why you've seen that 170% uh, you know, improvement in productivity and effectiveness being that it's, it's not that people with autism are, like you said, superhuman and can do things, you know, better. It's actually what happens in terms of uh, what's required of management from the top down and the bottom up and side to side within the culture of a business when you start thinking about working with and setting up an environment that works for everyone instead of one sort of cookie cutter type of, of person and type of worker. It's very interesting to me. Um, it, it, I, I talk often on the show about uh, recognizing and when are, when can we get to a point where we can recognize that what, what's often the right thing for people with autism is the right thing for everyone because it's about, mm-hmm. it, it becomes less about specifically autism and it becomes more about specifically all people and communities that's kind of what you're making me think as you describe this. It's really, really cool, um, and uh, and so I'm excited. I'm excited about it, and I and I I'm also struck by the differences you describe between um, what Specialist Erna does in European countries versus what they do in the United States. So you are not actually employing people uh, in the United States. You're working. You're is it more of a training or consult consultative model where you're preparing businesses to be able to hire more people with autism. That's that's more what you're talking about here, correct? Yeah, we're program implementers. So what's important for us to know about a company is we'll work with the company six months before we even think about bringing an autistic person into the building. Mm-hmm. So it's what we need to do is look at all the systems that a company has from uh, all the different touch points. 
from college career centers that autistic people can't walk into because they're so loud and we can't sell ourselves in five minutes or less, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Answering these behavioral questions. So that rules our guys out of internships as well as uh, getting jobs. And then the second thing is uh, the behavioral interviews that people have to go through. So interestingly, um, Microsoft did a survey of their current Autism at Work employees. Uh, And in January, they announced that of their employees, 50% of them would have never applied for a job at Microsoft because of how the job descriptions were written. The other 50% applied but didn't make it through the first interview. Hmm. So they would have lost 100% of their talent had they not changed the way they do the recruitment, onboarding, and management structures. Yeah. It's quite extraordinary. It is extraordinary. It's so, good to share those numbers because it really paints a different picture than, you know, I think what many people walk around thinking, which is it's really not making that much of an impact. It's an enormous impact. Oh, here, I'll give you another enormous impact. Uh, J.P. Morgan Chase was competing in the Delaware region uh, with Ernst & Young as well as SAT, two, others, two other clients of ours. So three of our clients were all competing for autistic talent. Mm-hmm. And so J.P. Morgan Chase gave University of Delaware $6 million to start their Spectrum Scholars program so that they could benefit from the autistic talent going into University of Delaware, thus taking it away from the other two organizations that are actively recruiting autistic people. Interesting. This is a so, real. This is a side of things that I really did not. I'm, I'm pretty removed from. I had. I had no idea, the the competitive yeah, nature yeah. of this. So let me ask you one more oh, question. This and, is extremely. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Uh, well, I just want to know: um, Is there? You talked about Microsoft and and J.P. Morgan, Ernst Young. Um, is there a specific type of uh, business that you? Uh, the specialist or no works with, or are we talking about primarily tech jobs, um, or or are you able to apply what the what the founder um, sort of came up with in terms of a model to to any type of uh, work environment? Yeah, that's one of my favorite questions. We've worked with uh, a ton of different sectors. Traditionally, the first jobs we place are in technology. Uh, So if we're in telecommunications or advertising, technology is usually where we start. And we call tech, uh, autism at work and technology, our Trojan horse. Because once we get into the company, all the different business lines want to have autism at work. So we have hired from administrative assistance all the way up to super cybersecurity. We always start in somewhere in the middle in the tech spectrum. Cool. So once you start working in this, the the companies really quickly realize that we're limiting our, we're not getting what we can out of this talent if we just keep it intact. No, absolutely not. And I think that's just in the field that I'm in, which is very, you know, sort of direct service provision and working with individuals with autism and knowing their families, that you're breaking a myth, which is that the only thing that people with autism ever want to do or really can do for an employment stat, uh, perspective is, you know, things that don't involve socialization and working with other people and customer service and um, and, and that type of work. So it's, it's great to hear that... Um, 
that you're that you're incorporating that amazingly. We have yeah, to take a we're, we're, we have to ta- we have to take oh. a quick break actually already, and then oh. yes, you can you can come <laughs> back. But I also want to hear uh, from Brennan about what he does. I'm intrigued by your title, Brennan, and so we're going to get into that uh, in just a minute. But for right now, we're going to take a quick break. This is one in fifty nine, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. Have you driven by Anderson Center for Autism? Have you ever wondered what we're all about? Well, we're a state-of-the-art educational program. We're a nurturing home away from home. We're a community resource. We're a training center for people from all corners of the globe. We're a deeply devoted family of professionals who utilize evidence-based practices to optimize the quality of life for people with autism. And we're here for you. Call us today at 845-889-4034 or visit us online at andersoncenterforautism.org to learn more. Welcome back to 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and I'm talking with Tara Cunningham, CEO of Specialist Stern USA. And now we are going to switch to Brendan Shear, who's the corporate engagement manager for Specialist Sterna. And Tara, you gave us a great overview, background, history, and kind of the impact that you're now having in the U.S., uh, starting with Delaware. Um, Brennan, I wonder if you could first explain your role within the company and then give us uh, an idea of the long-term goals of Specialist Sterna, especially as they relate to what's happening in the United States. Yeah, certainly. Thank you so much. So um, I am the corporate engagement manager for Specialist Sterna, and um, you know that role is a little bit of sales and uh, a lot of operations. Okay. You know, my background is in management consulting. So, you know, on a on a practical and basic level, when uh, companies you know say that they want to um, you know embark on a project to hire uh, more autistic people or more folks with disabilities. You know, some process changes have to happen um, in order to do that. And the process changes, you know, that I help with along the way um, before we start the facilitation of, um, of this program outright, you know, is uh, examining current recruiting processes and identifying points where they would exclude neurodiverse candidates. So in, in my role, I'm a relationship manager with these corporations, um, and I'm with them. Uh, every step of the way as they're working through this. Mm-hmm. Do you find when, you, when you're working with um, a relationship manager, that it sounds similar to some of the work that I do, and um, when you're in that kind of role, you get to see people, individual people and also groups of people and, and whole levels of management and probably the entire corporation at various times going through work that takes a tremendous amount of buy-in, both personally and professionally, and also can stretch people. So do you have the opportunity to, to support um, these companies and the people who are, who are managing them and making these decisions through things that might sometimes be challenging or even a little bit scary in terms of whether they, they can really follow through or are going to have the impact that they want or if they're doing it the right way? Like, Is that some of what you, you end up working on? Certainly. Um, and I think to your point about management, you know, and, um, you know, the fears that folks have, you know, by the time folks pick up the phone and call us, you know, they're bought into this idea, but they don't exactly know how to execute it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they call us as subject matter experts. So oftentimes, you know, folks have the best intentions from starting this, uh, from starting a program like this. Um, and we need to meet them where they are. 
and help them, um, you know, and, and help walk them through this process. Now, I think oftentimes we'll, we'll run an assessment and the managers, you know, who are hiring autistic folks will be more nervous um, about messing up than the candidates. Yeah. Because, you know, the managers who sign up for uh, Autism at Work pilot programs, you know, are passionate about this, but they, you know, may not necessarily know how. So our first pilot is always, um, you know, a bit nerve-wracking for all sides, but it always comes from um, a, a place of good intention. Mm-hmm. And one thing we've noticed about this is that um, pilots tend to do uh, the best when you find managers who are really passionate about this work and really game for taking on this challenge. Now, you know, what I mean by that is um, that they have to learn and think about how to manage in a new, perhaps different way than they've been managing before. Now, you know, the way that you manage autistic people, you know, is really just good management practices. um, But what it ends up being for managers, you know, is to manage an autistic person, you have to really step up your game. So it becomes like a management boot camp. Um, And, you know, we see the best results when managers and companies um, know that going in and are game and excited about meeting that challenge. Yeah, I can imagine that. I think the same thing even happens in on, on a different level, but one that I see on a daily basis, which is in the classroom, for example. You know, it takes a very special person to work um, at a place like Anderson, where we serve children and adults severely affected by autism in a residential setting predominantly. Um, and, and what I see is that, that many people who work at Anderson uh, and are directly connected to the individuals that we are supporting um, have an unbelievable sort of natural talent when it comes to relationship development and just interacting with people in general, whether they have autism or not. So, so what you're talking about though, is a commitment on the level of these, these, these companies um, and the decision makers to say, we are now holding everybody accountable, um, not just for sort of getting the job done, but for doing it at a level that is going to probably skyrocket the entire organization, the entire company into a new, um, into a a brand, you know, something sort of unknown. So, so what are your, um, what are the outcomes? What are some outcomes that, you know, Tara mentioned some really impressive numbers, but can you bring us down to like a level and you don't have to name the business, but can you think of one example that really stunned you or struck you as, as incredible in terms of, uh, an outcome, maybe, maybe from start to finish in, in a little summarized version for us? Yeah, certainly. And I mean, I think our goal walking into an organization is that, you know, their diversity goals, um, you know, that the diversity inside their organization reflects the diversity of the, of the customers that they serve. So, you know, we don't want to start autism at work programs. We want diversity hiring and neurodiverse inclusive hiring to be hiring. And, you know, as I said before, we, we meet companies where they are on that journey. And some folks um, may have thought about this a lot before, they may have already uh, run some pilot programs um, in different areas of uh, diversity and inclusion. I mean, and, and other companies may be a lot farther along in the process. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we meet a company and they, you know, see um, gaps in their, in their hiring practices and they identify points where um, they're excluding the neurodiverse or, or um, other 
uh, other types of groups. And we see that they're not only willing, but passionate and motivated to make a change. That's very exciting for us. And an example of this um, comes from something we do in, in every one of our assessments. Um, you know, we review the job postings for, that, we're, that we're sourcing for, and we cut out all the fluff, and we cut out all the superfluous things that companies put into their job postings kind of make it seem like it's more important. Because an autistic person won't apply to a, to a job unless they can say to themselves that they check all of the boxes. If they list five skills, an autistic person won't apply unless they have all those five skills. Mm-hmm. So part of our process is to go through these job postings um, and pull out the fluff and actually pull out the exact required skills that you need for the job. Um, and it ends up being that we'll take a three-page job posting and we'll cut it down to half a page. Um, and an organization we work with saw that we did this for a couple of job postings and you know, realized uh, potentially how much talent that they're excluding um, by these fluffed-up job postings and has wanted to make the commitment to neurodiversify um, every one of their job postings, yeah. which is something like 20,000 job descriptions. Um, so that it's more inclusive. Yeah, that that um, that that's a really great example of what we were talking about before in terms of like sort of doing the right thing for everybody. Because I'm also sitting here thinking about the workforce and and thinking about what's going on in in this country right now. And um, you know, when it comes to hiring this this uh, new generation of of workers, you know, millennials, the idea of a three page job description, you're going to lose people at you know at about half a page. <laughs> Um, And so in general, I think being more direct and clear about what's required is is probably like one of those examples of things that just are are more likely going to lead to better outcomes for everybody. Can you also tell us, uh, Brennan, how many how many businesses are you or have you worked with? You have those numbers in terms of the impact you're having in the U.S. at this point. How many businesses you've you've worked with or or are currently working with? Um, I don't have those numbers off the top of my head. Tara, do you want to jump in on this? So the companies don't give us numbers. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have qualitative numbers, but we don't have actual numbers. So we've worked with an autistic data scientist to develop a survey that we're going to be sending out to all of the people that we've placed throughout the United States to see um, how many are still in those roles, how many are getting uh, further management opportunities, who's thinking about jumping ship, who did jump ship and wish they didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and to get a real view on what's happening on the ground. Uh, since I started working as CEO of Specialist Turn in December 2017, we have had a 100% retention rate with all of our candidates. That's impressive. And many of them are starting to get promoted. Yeah, it really is. And, well, it's very, um, it's very impressive in light of the other numbers that are out there, which is the, the very sort of unfortunate rate, um, high rate of people who were, where there's tremendous turnover and also people dropping out of schools that are, that are ideally initially leading them into the workforce. So, so it's great to hear that you're having such a, uh, a high success rate. Yeah, and that's 100% because of the work that Brennan does with getting the companies ready to bring in autistic people. Right. There so are you're... tons of organizations that are placing autistic people, but if there's not a system in place to absorb 
and really be inclusive, the autistic person is not going to be successful. Right. I was just going to point out, and we only have about 30 seconds, but I just wanted to end on that note that one of the things that's really standing out here is that you're working on sort of both ends of the of the experience. And that's what it seems to take in order for the, to see true success and long-term retention, hopefully. Um, and it sounds like you're on a great path to get there. I would really encourage people to go to your website. Brennan, can you, can you share the website real quick? Sure, it's uh, SpecialistSternaUSA.com. com. Please go. Dot com, exactly. All right, please go to that website and check out this this company. The history is interesting. The current work is really interesting. And Tara Cunningham and Brendan Shear, thank you so much for sharing this on on the show today. I uh, I think it's um I think it's really exciting what you guys are doing. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. It's been our pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. This is 1 in 59. Thank you. This is 1 in 59, weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski. And remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to 1 in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week. 